Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Do we have a sound effect there, Patrick? Kick. Today is Thursday, the 29th of May, 2019. We're in the studio pretty early in the morning for us. It's uh, just up on 9 o'clock in the morning, which means that Jacob got up at his normal time and I got up early. No, actually, I'm up I'm up early weekdays. You don't care. What's a normal wake-up time? 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's about when I get up. I don't sleep in. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Today, we're doing the... 10th place version of the speakeasy, I guess, is one way to put it. Uh, the crew has lost 7 of 8 games, 12 goals in 14 games they've scored. They've been shut out 6 times. This is all off the top of my head. All this sound about right, Jacob? It does. And they've slipped to 10th place. They've been below the bar, I think, for 2 weeks now. So they're 8th, they're but based on points per game, they would be 10th because they played one more game than most. Jacob, this is not advanced metrics here. You look at the standings. What does it say? It says 10 next to them, right? It says 8, but points per game, they'd be 10. All right, that's fair. First off, let's talk about who's out and who's in because this is a, uh, a shifting roster uh, at the moment. Who is on the shelf right now, Jacob? So other than, you know, beginning of the year, Milton Valenzuela and Harrison Offal, who I believe will be back for U.S. Open Cup game whenever that is in the middle of June and whatever is the first MLS game right after that should be his first league game back. Other than that, it's Waylon Francis. He's still kind of day to day. He's still out right now. Um, and then Zach Steffen, who had the foot injury. I believe he's still in the boot this week. Saw him. So not believe. I know he's still in the boot. And then... He was trying to give it a go Friday in training before they traveled to Minnesota and was knocked in the head with a shot and got a mild concussion. So I guess he's in protocol there. Still kind of what Caleb Porter said is he is day-to-day for this week. Was he standing on the... uh crossbar when when Santos shot or something like that? You know, that that's a possibility. I wasn't there. So No, Santos was gone. That There's another one. Yeah, so that's right. Someone else who would miss I a shot. I was trying to, trying to make a miss the net joke. Yeah, there. yeah. But Pedro Santos is back in training as of yesterday. So what, today's Thursday, so Wednesday. So he should be available and I assume in the starting lineup Saturday. And they're going to have to adjust for, for Gold Cup coming up here. Yeah. And could you just quickly take us through those potentialities. Yeah, yeah, sure. So with the U.S. men's national team, it's Zach Steffen, Will Trapp, and Jossie Zardes. So far, the national teams have just released their provisional rosters for the Gold Cup with camp starting what today is May 23rd. So I think five days from now, camp would be starting. And then it's Costa Rica, it's Davi Guzman and Waylon Francis. But the U.S. men's national team, guys, it's only international players that have to be in camp. So like the Christian Pulisic's for May 28th. So the June 1st game will trap Zach Steffen and Jesse Zardes so should still be available. So Saturday at Colorado, this is upcoming schedule, uh, June 1st at New York City, or excuse me, New York City FC here in Columbus at the Montfrey Stadium. And that could be Zach Steffen's last game in Columbus, although he may play 
against no that'd be it huh yeah that that would be it and then there's the gold cup break uh after june 1st the next game after that is june 23rd kansas city home june 29th orlando home that is when ziggy schmidt is being put into the ring of honor and deservedly so i love how exclusive that ring is that this is just the third name going up there it's obviously brian mcbride frankie hayduck and now ziggy schmidt that's pure you know not what? like not like the Celtics where there's like one number retired for two different guys and then you got a Luskatov Lusky up there just because they ran out of numbers. You you're gonna say something Yeah, yeah. I was just something. gonna um ask what if what is one of your favorite uh Siggish stories from when you covered them? Personal one and I think I I may have written about this but in, in one of uh, an obit or something, but there wasn't the uh hermetically sealed practice sites, uh as they are now with the walls up and stuff. It's uh it's like, um, who was it? Was it Yaroslav Spachek? He came from, uh, or was it Tutin? Where he came from, uh, the Russian town where they make the Kalashnikovs, uh, the, the automatic weapons, and the whole city's walled off. Well, Obets has become like the place where the Kalashnikovs are made. It's it's all walled off. But it did not, under Greg Berhalter and, and, and Caleb Porter, the windscreens went up and the drone patrols and uh, et cetera. But it used to be, you know, just pretty laid back place uh, with human beings in it and stuff. And uh, Ziggy is one of these guys where, you know, you, you could just walk in. There was one day I had a kid. I'm starting a ramble here. Coffee. Well, I had to have one of my kids with me. He had to be somewhere. So I was like, all right, I got to stop by Obets, get in the car. And this is Patrick, who's now uh, 22 years old, I think. And uh, he would probably have been about 10 at the time. And he knew a lot about international soccer and history. Stuff sticks in his head. Unlike me, it just dribbles out, especially at this age. In any case, I'll never forget Ziggy and Patrick arguing over the top 10 German players, German internationals in the history of the German national team and they're on like number six and they're just going back back and forth at it. And Ziggy was as engaged, maybe more so than my son was in, in uh, sticking out his ground and, and making his argument. So that's what he was like. Very gentle soul, a wonderful touch especially with children. Um, just a very good human being and obviously a hell of a soccer coach. When he was uh, on the sideline, um he could be mercurial. He did his share of uh, attempted message controlling, just like, like like anybody else. But there's a big man with a uh, the big man had a big heart. I guess Val would would put it, and that that would be absolutely true. But anyway, there it is: arguing with children over German national all time team members. Who hasn't done it? Yes. So that that to me was Siggy. So they June 29th, Orlando here, and then at the Real Salt Lake. Is that? The, the Real Salt Lake, yeah. Yeah, you said it right. Yeah, as opposed to the, what would be the opposite of Real Salt Lake? I don't know. what Would it be fabricated fresh water? Oh, I, I see where you're going. It'll all be eliminated eventually, right? I hope so. Get a nickname. What is that? I don't think, I've never mistaken Utah for Spain. No. Uh, in any case, uh, uh, there you have it. There's your schedule. And I've kind of put this off, uh, Jacob, because, you know, I, I came in with three stats, basically, you know, standings, goals against, and uh, and number of shutouts. And that's really all you have to know about the team at this point. But, Jacob, let's talk about the last game. Sure. Um, and talk about what they're, they, they want to do to, to try and, um, to me, that was a low point of the season. This is a possession team that couldn't pass backwards against a, a middling club that just was applying token pressure. They, they couldn't connect any passes going backwards. And that's what made it painful to watch, I, I would think, for crew fans. Never mind that they got shut out again one nothing. 
yeah. which is, which is going to be the epitaph on their season if if they don't make the playoffs. But it, there was uh, they played their system in games where they've been shut out. I don't know what I saw Saturday. I I think the biggest if if we're going to use the word mistake that they had is just building out of the that the back and I spoke to Jossie Zardes who said that was the number one thing that they worked on the first day in training back is just trying to build out of the back and I think they won't say they want to do it quicker but I feel like they just they want to switch the field quicker there was a lot of space if you go back and look at the Minnesota game there was a lot of space between the lines where they have space and either the wingers are are not kind of going in these pockets where they can break lines and move the offense forward and I I think missing Pedro is a big part of that because he does pretty well in playing in those pockets and and starting the offense also playing Josh Williams at right back having a center back out there is a little different that's tough yeah absolutely so I, I think you're really starting to see the effects of not having Milton or Harrison and and especially you know Waylon and and Harrison cuz I don't think anymore you could say Milt, missing Milton is a big issue because they went out and tried to address that. That being said, there were there were just four shots. If you go back and look, they've the two of their last four halves have, have produced zero shots on goal. The Does that sound about right? I, I am think thinking, that is correct. I'm thinking of LAFC. They had one, I believe, in the first half and then I I can't remember what the kind of stats were from this one, but I believe there might have been just one shot in the second half. Patrick Flaherty, our producer, is one shot a half or zero shots a half. Is that enough for a major league soccer team? Shaking his head. Well, okay. I just wanted to check with the producer because he works with a lot of dials over there. Anyway, please continue. Yeah, I'm not making excuses. I think they, they absolutely have to get these away. And it comes down to, in those moments, making, and I wrote about this, not making the unnecessary touch, seeing the play and making the pass effectively. They're just not doing that in the attacking third right now. There were multiple times where they had a ton of space between center backs to put a ball through, and then there was another runner on the back post. They could do an easy slide across, and it's a tap-in goal. Uh, Of course, the four shots on net kind of skew that and whatnot, and, and I think people, rightfully so, are getting tired of the team saying, well, we're right there. We just need to do these little things in the final moments. Yeah, we, but we, it's still the case. It. We, we, it's, it's, uh, we've had any number of speakeasies that were just sort of whiny like that. Let's let's get to the questions, Jacob. Sure. Since uh, we can use uh, the added caffeine here in the early morning hours and and the Flaherty Studio, we got to give this studio or oh, it has a name. What's it? The Andrew Erickson Memorial Studio. Studio. All uh, right, he sold out to higher education. All right, first question from the Morgan the Morgan Hughes. Between injuries and dudes potentially getting called up to their national teams, are the crew even going to have 11 men on the roster in June? <laughs> we'll have to beat that, I guess, Patrick. Uh, yes, the answer is yes, they will. And, and yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a wag, that one. It's going to be but, tough for yeah, them but, to yeah, win because they just is... don't have depth on the bench, period. No. And, and I think they know that, and you saw it in Minnesota when their two subs came on in the – 80-something minute, and the second one is Luis Argudo. They just don't have people they can put in there. All right. To that end, they're they're uh, constantly trying to find people, and that process has been goosed uh, as of uh, within the last month with the announcement of any number of hires by the Soccer Operations Department. Jacob, take us through that and, uh, and sort of um, give us an idea of how they're aimed as uh, June, July 7th approaches. I think it kind of stands as is. Who have they hired, like, first off? 
Yeah, Neil McGinnis is the scouting director. Is there is there another one? No, no, no. Yeah, but they they've added. It, my my impression was that uh, they've hired the scouting, but they're all their scouting systems now in place. Uh, I, I that's been described to me. I didn't get into detail with anyone, but I think they have their people in different continents. That yeah, absolutely. So. It's a little strange with MLSs. I think you you can have more than you know just your scouting director or whatnot. But I mean, think of like Pet Onset been around the league forever. Yeah, Bez was at the league office, then at Toronto. They have numerous amount of contacts to get the best talent, and now you have ownership willing to pay for that type of talent. So I, I think they do have all their ducks in a row to go after. Not if not a huge splash, a big enough one, and get a designated player in the in the summer window. The point here is they have a they have, I mean they behind the scenes there's uh, there has been some work done to get some eyes out there um, as they start to ca- cast their net uh, with the next transfer window and and going forward um, have an international net. So there's that. And uh, where were we? Oh, we're on the questions still. The questions. We had question number one from Morgan. Who's up? Who, what's the next question here, Jacob? Next one is from at Tyler West 43. How would you assess Caleb Porter's comments about how quote close they are unquote to scoring and winning his comments feel copy and paste at this point? I think they're to me, they feel like heartfelt message control. Like, I don't think they're phony, but I think he's right. They they do feel cut and pasted at the same time. I mean, he's got to say something, and uh, it's it must be tough for him after. What do you do, throw yourself on the sword? Um, yeah, he's not going to call out his own players either. I, I think maybe that is partially a silver lining is as much as he cares about the culture of and I think that's his number one thing is we've talked about the culture of a team and in a locker room if he's continuing to say oh we're, we're right there we're in great positions we just need to execute around and in the boxes I think that's kind of not code but you almost have to think okay if he's continuing to say the same thing what more can he himself do than put them in the right positions to make the plays and go for goal? It's about the players executing in those moments. I I, I don't sense, and and uh, we want Columbus is a town that loves coaches because of its college pedigree, um, and uh, will throw any player under a bus. And is 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 uh, I think I think given the the history of the crew, the span of time they've been there, it's a little different with the soccer team. I what 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 sort of um what sticks in my ear as I said last week was you know when you when you say it's not me it's them um, when you say things like um well we played Man City and and the inference is that they spend money our our management doesn't or hasn't yet um when, when you when you say th- those are excuses to me when you say the same thing repetitively and you and there's no you don't sense any real emotion. A true emotion, heartfelt. Like we're frustrated, and uh, you know, I'm ready to hit you or something. I I, I don't want to fabricate it, but you know, I don't see any genuine frustration. I see as as a uh, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> this is what we're doing, um, and uh, we're right there. And yeah, I this, this is an incredibly frustrating time. They they keep losing one nothing. I think it's frustrating to them that when they go back over the film, it's the same exact thing every single week. And I mean, I, I went back and watched the Minnesota game and there, I think I wrote down a dozen times where they could have had a shot, you know, eight yards away or something. There there were a lot of moments and maybe I, I definitely didn't see it on first watch, but I think if you look at it, a lot of those ones I wrote down were 
Rabinho taking an unnecessary touch or not seeing the pass, I think he struggles in those moments. His first touch and uh, the way he holds the ball in the final third, um, his the pace of or quickness of or lack of quickness in his decision making is. I imagine very frustrating for fans. Yeah, I mean, Neil Sika said on the broadcast that Rabinho leads the league in the number of dribbles. And I think as he said that, he dribbled right into a defender yeah. when they had a scoring chance. Yeah, that's uh, that. He's very he's a very frustrating player. So if you, I, I'm interesting Can to see be. when Akam and Pedro start. That what I would assume that would happen this week. How that kind of looks. What 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 do you think their their lineup and formation will be this week? I think they'll stick with the four-two-three-one. Um, as far as changes from last week, I think you're going to see Santos on the right and Akam on the left, and then maybe Artur in for W. Guzman. All right, next question at Matt Ryan eighty-six asked: Was last year for Jossi Zardes just variance in this year's performance is more his level? And there's some stats here I'll read off. Similarly, were the crew too hasty in giving him DP money? So he posted this kind of chart that showed from 2015 to 2019 his shots per game. Last year was 2.76, which was more than one shot per game higher than his next highest, which was 1.67 in 2015. This year it's 1.52. So I kind of, what I wrote about was Jossie Zardes hasn't had a shot on goal in the last two games. That's a problem, obviously. So far, he's only had one game where he's had three or more shots on goal. It was only three. He had 16 of those games last year. So I, I think that's like almost more evidence that they're just not finding him in those final moments. I agree. I don't think they're getting him the ball. I mean, you could, for instance, look at Kai Kamara before and after he was uh, a member of the Columbus crew, and you probably could build a similar chart. He and Ola ripped off shots. Exactly. Kamara, same thing. I, I think... The system was obviously designed for uh, and tailored specifically at times for, for each. this. The system that Burhalter played, the striker scores goals. Um, the system they're playing now is is uh, it's not producing crosses or shots. It's not producing shots. It's certainly not producing goals. So yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, uh, Jacob will take it to and, and put it in his file. And uh, were they too hasty? I don't know. I think he's coming up on the end of a deal. He had a really good year last year. Oh, if they, you're if they talking about the DP him, money? Yeah. It's, I'm, it's, what is it? One, I, one and a half? Something like that? Yeah, I think they're. I think the max can be one and a half for DPs. I, I would have to look at the that's, roster rules again, but I'm fine with it. They had to... It's a threshold. If they wanted to re-sign him and he showed enough last year that they're confident in that, I got no then problem. that's fine. I got no problem with the money or the DP status. Yeah. You know, if it comes to it, they can always tam him down too. You know what I mean? It's, Absolutely, it's, like, it's not a got no problem with the money. He he deserves it. Yep, I agree. And another thing to that point is you talk about getting shots off. That's when it comes in with the outside backs. A lot of Jossie's shots were one touch or or a header off a cross. He's not a guy that's going to dribble into the box and off a breakaway and score. He's one right. or two touches and scores. So that's where you're really missing. Waylon or Milton, and then Harrison on the other side. Do we have the violin sound effect, hey Patrick? We'll have to put that in there. All right, what, what's our next question? Next question from at Hawes614. Uh, predictions on Kai Kamara scoring on us like Ethan Finley did. 
If we lose to Colorado, who got their first win of the season last week against LA Galaxy, and they're at the bottom of the standings. That's right. Worst team in the league. Is there any hope left in this season? They're restless, Mike. Yes, the natives are restless. They should be. And I don't know about... And I love those pronouncements. Like, if Kai Kamara scores and Colorado wins... We're done. Um, you know, it's all... Over. But, you know, this is the sort of thing. When If, if they get shut out for the... Uh, seventh time this year if they lose eight out of nine and you're a casual fan you're not exactly looking to book your summer tickets and they have a homestand coming up you know what i mean that this this is it this is impact uh, we we're not like i personally you're unbelievable you and and patrick flaherty with the advanced metrics and stuff it's extraordinarily impressive me i just like look at the standings you know i'm a, I'm a that's guy. analysis yeah just standings in the scoreboard from straight from the paper too. Yeah, it's right Old here. School. Right here. You look at the standings in the scoreboard, and it's uh, it's as depressing as uh, as that tweet or uh, or advanced metrics on crosses to Zardes. All that. The it's thing- a little purer though. Yeah. All right. What's the next question, Jake? Well, I want to just add one thing to that. I think it's oh, worth you're noting. Screwing a great rant there. <laughs> I you did have you a good rant. Do you want it. me to applause? It wasn't a great. Add some applause there. You have get the definitely get the violin for the lack of the uh, uh, service from the flanks. What what I'll say is, you never know how a season's going to go after the summer transfer window. There are teams that can be down in the table and finish top four if they if they get a great player. So who who knows from there? Uh, all right, next question. They, they will be they will be doing something in July. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it will be significant. Next question, at Patrick Fighter, any indications why the team is performing worse at this point in the season than early on? Is it coaching, injury, or otherwise? At what point does Bez decide to blow it all up, the roster specifically for 2019, and purely focus on 2021? He's always had a focus on 2021, don't you think? I think I think it's even... I think you go year to year. If there's a, there's the, the bigger picture of, of two years from now, but there's also within that frame the how do how the, how they want to look in 2020 and i think that's significant too to gather momentum heading into the new stadium opening in 2021 if indeed it does open in 2021 it should at some point in any case i think that they knew what they had they know what they have they've added to it they've had some problems with injuries they believe they have the right coach they're going to add some more players i for one don't mind this incriminality the, the incremental way they've they've uh is incriminality a word patrick we can say it is well i'll just try i don't mind this incremental approach i don't no i i think i there's think no you're reason right. to blow anything up yeah there's a there's there's some good players on this roster we know this they they make the playoffs this team under uh, you know incredible stress they make the play- uh, or they have uh, things are sideways right now. We've we've seen it sideways at uh, this time of the year in the past uh, under different coaches. How what was Ziggy his first year? I I went and looked at this. I'm glad you brought it up. I he they had a losing record, but that was the year they had the least amount of goals scored in franchise history. They had 30 and 32 games. Yes, and they and they had some. They had a couple jags. Um, I I mean there was talk about him losing his job after that that first year I, and there's no there's no time to me it's it's uh to me it's not panic time in, in, in the middle of the 
what a quarter of the way into the a third a third of the way into the season. I mean, what did they a little say? More than a third. Yeah, what did they say through all these moves? It gives us time to continue to evaluate our roster, and I think that's a year long process. This off season, they'll add during the summer transfer window. In the off season, they'll make moves accordingly, and I would assume by. 2020, they have a good idea of what their roster wants to look like, and then from there, maybe a few more additions. But I think it's a year-long process right now. Yeah, they need Cruyff. Okay, what's it? We have any more questions? Yeah, here, we'll Jake? do one more. Um, no, run through them. See what else we got. We don't want to. Well, the okay. Skip so we here. We I mean, only someone have... went to the trouble of, of sending the question in. Right, right. We should be nice to them. I agree. Thank you for pointing that out. Not nice, but we should. You know, look at their question before we make fun of it. All right, we do have we have two more. Uh, what academy players have been training with the senior team lately, and are any of them potentially going to be promoted anytime soon? So, the academy players, from what I've seen, a lot of them are out of school now, if not all of them, and they've just been kind of shuffling in. And, and Caleb Porter did this in Portland too, and I don't know how much uh, Greg did this, but I, I think it's pretty cool that the academy players are practicing if not with the first team alongside them. As far as anyone that might be promoted, uh, I'm not sure if there's any particularly right now. I'm sure, I know for a fact there are a few that they have their eyes on. Um, and then our last question, have there been any further updates on reports that the fairgrounds are not on board with the stadium grounds turned into community soccer fields? No, that's something we'll have to check out. Yeah. Um, and this is a reference to kind of out of the blue. We had a story in the newspaper about a month ago. If, I think it was longer than that. Yeah, it might have been six or eight weeks ago. In any case, it was uh, <laughs> the, the part of that story that, that uh, had me sort of get coffee coming out of my nostrils was uh, um, was someone was quoted in it. I'm not making fun of this person, but uh, he said that, well, they didn't know anything about what was going on with, with uh, any fairgrounds thing. And, and this was, you know, seven, eight months after the, you know, the team had been saved and, and many months after you know the ownership had changed hands and and, and I was going like if, if you're like running the fairgrounds and you, you like didn't know what's going on there then like whoa dude it, it's, it sounded very political I think it, in any case good question and uh, I'll uh, we'll we'll check that out, and uh, we'll get back to you next speakeasy. Yeah, I think two more, if not sooner. Two more things I want to add um, before the want to preview some content before Zach's final game. Uh, expect to be on the lookout for kind of a longer feature of Zach, and um, as he's kind of making his second excursion now to Europe. Uh, spoke with him in Charleston in the preseason. Uh, his family is wonderful. Have you got a chance to speak with them? No. Uh, Andrew Andrew was uh, tight with the Stefan family. I, I keep people at a distance because I have to rip them. Sure. Yeah, understandable. But be be on the lookout for that. Um, be a nice little send-off, hopefully, of uh, Stefan as I'm he sure goes to I'm sure they're very nice people. Downington, Pennsylvania. Yep. Dave Jones, former dispatch sports writer, columnist for the Harrisburg Papers, lives in Downington. Currently? Just throwing that in there, yes. Very nice. Uh, and last thing, Chad Marshall announced his retirement. Uh, I would assume he is probably a Ring of Honor candidate or Circle circle of Honor candidate. I, I would agree. I mean, uh, two or three-time MLS Defender of the Year. Four-time Shield winner, I think. I, I have one, right? That's right. Supporter Shield. Well, 
Yours is kind of like there's no star. It's, a joke. it's just uh, supporter shield. We call you call them shield for short in our uh, internal communications here. Maybe change the Twitter handle. Another underscore in there for yeah, shield. Yeah, the shield. Just the shield or the shield too. So you you're not uh, mixed up with Michael Chiklis. Is that about it, guys? Is uh, we should probably wrap this. Put a bow on this. All good here. Crew play Colorado at nine o'clock on Saturday. Sports time Ohio. Nine o'clock. That's in the p.m. P.m. Yeah. And then they have the Real coming up, right? Pretty soon. After New York. All right. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. This day being Thursday the 29th of May, 2019. I'm at Michael A. Race 1, Michael A. Race. I'm a columnist for The Dispatch. Check us out at Dispatch.com. At Dispatch Alerts is the paper's Twitter handle. As I said, I'm at Michael A. Race 1. That is at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25. He's our crew beat writer. And as usual, at the controls and groping for sound effects right now is our fine producer, Patrick Flaherty, at the Podfather 2. Thank for joining us and Patrick kick us out of here just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left listen to where secrets go to die the disappearance of Derek Hennigan from the Detroit Free Press a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.